step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. A bump in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Welcome to Freaky Friday on this. March 17th, it's St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. That's, I don't know what that <laughs> accent was. Uh, may the look of the Irish be with you today. Especially if you're uh, like childhood Heather trying to do a Kramer Crane machine or anything. If you want anything wonderful to happen to you, you just got to go, look at the Irish. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's worked so far, but uh, things, you know, uh, I got a boyfriend eventually turned into a husband. So did you say look at the Irish? Go on that date and you got to be like, look at the <laughs> Irish. I hope it works. On this Freaky Friday, if you're trying to not get freaky, may the luck of the Irish be with you. I hope you're wearing green. If not, I hope nobody pinches you because that's assault. And tell them it doesn't matter. <laughs> we still have laws even on St. Patrick's sure. Day. <laughs> you yeah. can't pinch an adult. <laughs> I've never had um, a stranger pinch me. <laughs> People get vicious. Yeah, I mean... I probably have also worn green most St. Patty's Day, but... Yeah, I try to remember to do that. I got a, like, a Google... Remember when this happened? Picture Mm -hmm. yesterday, and it was from 2016 St. Patrick's Day, and I'm just holding a green lump of jello in my hand because oh. that is how my friend was giving out jello shots <laughs> just in your hand uh she'd been partying for a bit there before is. i arrived but they were good still to this day one of the best saint patrick's day uh parties i've been to so that is, that's uh, i like a good green jello shot on saint mm. patty's mm-hmm. uh, i also miss the chicago river dying we gotta i gotta get back to chicago. i gotta go to that one of these days it's really fun it's super cool and uh man we gotta get back on the road in just a month we've mm. been we just got back from portland tacoma and then we're fixing to head to denver salt lake city and very shortly thereafter austin and houston so we've been excited Traveling. Excited for the the Denver mountains and the well, I guess Utah also has mountains. Mountains all around. I love a good mountain. Beautiful, beautiful mountains. Someone messaged us and said there's a, a giant ass planetarium around Salt Lake City, so maybe oh. we can get an in there. If you got an in at the Salt Lake Planetarium, let us know. But yeah, I'm excited. Someone messaged on our uh, one of our posts and said, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea you were coming to Tacoma. I can't believe I missed you." So if you're in any of those other other cities, don't miss us. We'll be in Denver April 19th, Salt Lake April 20th, and then Austin the 27th of April, and then Houston right at the beginning of May. So go to Sinisterhood.com slash live show so we can see you and hang out. And then heading over to the West Coast for a bit. We're going to San Francisco, LA, and then we're going to add shows. We'll get them. We'll get y'all some shows. (laughs) I've stopped making promises because it's out of my hands. (laughs) It is out of our hands. All we can do is bug and be like, hey, put calendars. A bunch of people are working on it. So, But as soon as we know, y'all will know. And uh, yeah, it's going to be super fun to get out there. I was just, I had breakfast with my friend that was my former English teacher, current day friend today. And uh, she got a real earful about the moon. (laughs) She's like, I look, I mean, of course she's wonderful and we had a great time. And she's like, I look forward to seeing the show. And I was like, I just ranted for about an hour about crazy moon stuff. You might've felt like you saw it, but it's not a real sinisterhood full moon energy show unless you're there. So that's true. Y'all bring the energy. We bring the moon. We will moon you. (laughs) 
that's how it starts and ends at the moon well it's crazy because a lot of stuff that we've been studying with the moon it has some crossover to our episode two weeks ago the urantia cult Mm. and so does this very first story Mm -hmm. also has to do with the urantia cult they are everywhere (laughs) apparently so (laughs) well i'm christy i'm heather and let's get freaky This first one is from Aaron, and it is called My Experience with the Urantian Cult. Hi, ladies. You're in my favorite podcast, and I can't wait to see you in Denver soon. I was so excited to see your recent episode about the Urantia book and had no idea about the relation to celestial seasonings. I'd heard of the book before through a specific group that wasn't mentioned on the podcast. Every other year, my extended family goes to Sedona, Arizona for Thanksgiving, We usually rent a large house for everyone to stay together. Sedona is a beautiful and mystical place. There are crystal shops abound and many different spiritual tours related to things like vortexes and alien sightings. A few years ago, things got a little too woo-woo for my family. In 2016, we stayed at a new rental house run by a local management company called Global Community Communications Alliance. Weird name, but whatever. When we got to the house, an employee showed us around and invited us on a, quote, spirit walk that the company provides. There were pamphlets all over the house for this walk, but nothing out of the ordinary for Sedona. My family noticed there were a lot of strange books prominently laid out. Books like The Urantia Book and The Cosmic Family, Volumes 1 and 2, that talked about things like The Fifth Apocal Revelation and Christ Michael. My family laughed about it, but me and my now husband had to know more. We looked up the Global Community Communications Alliance, and our minds were blown. Turns out they're a local group run by a man known as Gabriel of Urantia, who looked like the most stereotypical cult leader ever. Picture attached. They had communes in Sedona and Tucson and even had a Dateline episode about the group in 1998. We read the entirety of the Dateline transcript, which described typical cult behavior, isolation from family, giving up all your money to the group, and even forced marriages. The episode stated that the group's spirit walks were where they recruited new members. Glad we didn't go on those. We then figured out that the group owned many properties around Sedona that were rented out to families like our own. They even owned the property next door, where several members lived and would come over to rake the lawn and clean the pool. What did we do with this information? My cousins and I would read from the Urantia book and laugh at the word salad. My dad was uncomfortable with the cult connection and asked us not to talk about it. But two years later, we stayed at the same house. I guess it was a good deal. My husband and I check in on the cult every once in a while and love to laugh about this experience. It's a little less funny now that we know about the connections with eugenics. I hope you enjoyed this story connected to the recent episode. I wonder what other groups are out there espousing the Urantia book's ideas. Keep it creepy, Aaron. P.S. My husband and I did take a pamphlet from the house. If I can find it, I'll send a picture. Oh, please do. Please do. And Aaron did send a picture of the group leader that gave the tour. And when she says he looks like the most stereotypical cult leader ever, she is not wrong. I'm not gonna lie. It looks a bit like a party city. Uh, what you'd see on the front of a like, the end is near guy, like or like yeah, a- apocalyptic wizard. That's perfect. <laughs> a lot of gold, a lot of necklaces, a lot yeah. of there's a rope situation, and what appears to be a lightsaber. It's hard to tell because only tell. part of it is in the picture, but there's some sort of a. A contraption that resembles a a sword, a lightsaber. Uh, at first, I was like, "Oh, it's a sword," but it's shaped like a lightsaber. Like it looks like a lightsaber. <laughs> it does. 100%. There's a lot of gold jewelry, very long, flowing white hair, blue and white robe with a lot of gold embellishments. It's he, he's he's got quite a style about him. Dressed to the nines. I will say Aaron as well, if you don't mind sending us the address so we can book the house. I'm having very Sunshine Cleaner Seinfeld feelings and I'm like, they asked y'all to go on the walk to recruit him. Do you think they would try to recruit me? Like, I want to see if I'm worthy. Are you going to be upset if we go and then they're just like, okay and there's the coffee machine and the bathroom's down the hall. 
have fun. I heard And that, then they just walk out. Do you guys have spiritual walks? I heard no, you. No. No, ma'am. Are you? Uh, I'm leaving now. I was going to I was going to go on a walk. Do you want to go? Ma'am, we're leaving now. Okay. <laughs> it's so sad. They're like, we took all the arranger books. We don't want you to join, ma'am. <laughs> You'd believe it too much. It'd be too much. What's wild is I've never been to Sedona. I want to go so bad. I, for all the reasons listed here, what sands perhaps a cult run in, but I did not know that one could show up to an Airbnb and a gentleman like this is there to greet you. And you're like, yeah, it's Sedona because this is a, this is a look. Oh yeah. Sedona had great, it was a beautiful place. And there were a contingent of the population that <laughs> went, they, they marched to the beat of their own drum when it came to fashion. Mm. And you know what? You wear what makes you feel like the lightsaber-wielding spiritual leader that you are and let that hair flow in the wind and let and the, the wind... Vortex. <laughs> the wind of the vortex is going to shake your gold chains. Mm, now, we could do without the eugenics. Yeah, let's leave that part out. Let's mm-hmm. um, maybe pick a different book to be obsessed with. But yeah, you that's kind of a tip-off, the reference to... Christ Michael or Michael Christ because in the Seventh Day Adventist there's stuff about Michael the Archangel Michael not the John Travolta movie (laughs) which what a flick I don't believe I've seen it he's an angel on earth and Andy McDowell who in the 80s and 90s they were like here's the role you are the skeptic in a whimsical scenario it's Bill Murray this time. Next time it's going to be John Travolta. <laughs> right? Like she gets to be the one. She was like, the it girl in the 80s and 90s. She could do it. She oh, Andy, yeah. Andy McDowell could do it. But yeah, and so the the whole idea of like Michael being instead of Jesus Christ being yada yada yada. But if there's mention of Michael, that's kind of the tip off that it might still be related to that Urantia, eugenics and the Seventh Day Adventist. So, well, I'm curious what would have been pitched to you had you gone on that spirit walk. So, I think we got to go to Sedona. We're booking this house. Mm-hmm. We know going in what we're getting into. Yeah. So we can protect ourselves. Yeah. I'm not going to be like a, which it wasn't Mr. Kruger or was it Mr. Kruger that ended up in the sunshine? Yes, Mr. Kruger yeah. ended up in the sunshine. <laughs> God, my name's Sandra now. <laughs> Give him a whole new name. Yeah. We get back and everyone's like, where's Heather? She's chosen a different path. <laughs> She lives in Arizona now. You guys, they gave me a lightsaber. I couldn't say no. I mean, if I get a lightsaber, I might say yes. Um, That's fair. In every time. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Aaron, for sending that in. This next one is from Allie, and it is called Crime and Weirdness of the Storage Industry. Hello, everyone. Thank you for reading my submission and being some fun voices to listen to on my long shifts at work. I listen to a lot of weird podcasts, but I particularly like yours because of the legal perspective Heather gives. That shit is fascinating. Anyway, you mentioned in an episode back in August of 2022 that you wondered what owning slash running a storage place is like. My partner is the on-site manager for a fairly large storage facility, and we live on the facility property. So, with his permission, I'm here to tell you a little bit about our life. The laws about storage vary from state to state. Here in Washington, after 14 days without the rent being paid, my boyfriend sends a certified letter to the tenant informing them they're at risk of losing the right to their storage because of non-payment. He'll then open the unit and without entering, moving, or touching anything, snap a photo. This is just to verify that the state of the unit on the date the certified letter is sent out. Sometimes people will move out without telling him, which is technically a breach of contract, and they still owe him rent. Then he locks it back up, and if he doesn't hear anything back from the tenant, it's eventually auctioned off storage war style. Pretty boring. Every once in a while, though, it gets interesting. For instance, my boyfriend once opened a unit to find two empty reptile tanks and one very sick tropical snake laying on the floor. We live in the Pacific Northwest. We only have garter snakes up here. And it's winter. The tenants have put a heat lamp in the light socket, but in a 10 by 10 storage unit, they may as well put that thing in the freezer. My partner packed it up and it was given to a friend of the owner to try to rehabilitate it, but sadly, it didn't make it. The former tenants never did pay either. Another story. One morning, my partner was doing his rounds to make sure nothing was amiss and found a previously locked unit without its lock. He popped it open to find a woman asleep on the concrete floor. 
He told her she couldn't sleep here and that she needed to leave. It turned out she and her boyfriend had come in the night before to get some things, but had gotten in a fight. The boyfriend fucking left her there without a working phone, and she couldn't get out of the facility or call for help. So she just slept there. Having learned this, my partner let her come in the office to charge her phone and gave her a hot drink. Eventually, she thanked him and left. Her boyfriend ended up defaulting on the storage unit. We don't know what happened to her. Another time, someone rented a unit completely legitimately and used their access as a way to break into other units and steal valuable items, which they stored in their unit and sold later. The stolen goods were traced back here, prompting the owners to finally update the security system. With the new security cameras, my partner saw something suspicious just the other day. Two people had stacked a bunch of boxes in an attempt to hide that they were trying to pick locks on units. Real casual-like. Real casual-like, he went to them and asked if he could do anything to help. They teach you this in retail. If you suspect shoplifting, if you suspect shoplifting just casually offer assistance like you would with any other customer to let the assailants know you see them. While one guy was giving him a line about losing his keys, the other guy had come around and gotten behind my boyfriend, ready to strike. My partner was terrified, but he kept his cool. He was able to stay composed long enough to get back to his office to phone the cops. The would-be burglars were gone already, though. Camera footage shows they were out of the facility within a minute of my partner walking away from them. The investigation is currently ongoing. Living at a storage facility has its own weird idiosyncrasies, but I'll leave that for later. Thank you for everything you do and for keeping it creepy, Allie. I know it's part of the gig that you have to go to the unpaid storage unit and open it up, but given these scenarios, you just have to wonder what fresh hell awaits. Yeah, or what creepy thing am I going to find? I mean... Who knows what people put in storage units? I, I've i heard um, uh, people, when they're down on their luck, a lot of times will s- sleep in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if that's the only place you have to go. So I, I get that. Storing the snakes, that's very sad. Um, that's not a place to keep any type of animal. No, and especially if you left it there in the Pacific Northwest in the winter and it's a tropical snake, not even meant for that climate. At least do it the solid of having it in your house or take giving right? it to a rehab center. If you're like, well, we can't keep it right now, but we don't want to get rid of it. Will y'all keep the snake for six months while we find a place? You know, something uh, you try to do the best you can by him, but that's woefully no, that's irresponsible. Yeah. Pet ownership for sure. Dip them. And then also then just not pay it. It's like, we think they're going to auction off, you know, old slithery on storage wars. I, I mean, the storage wars. That's a whole rabbit hole. People that'll just sight unseen by contents and they just love going through it and digging through people's stuff. And I bet you find a lot of weird stuff a lot of times. Stuff oh. maybe you don't want to find. Stuff mm-hmm. that maybe you can sell and make a lot of money on. I'm, I'm good, though. I'm yeah, good. I don't need the surprise. I'm no, good. <laughs> I, I, it's a surprise that I, I don't envy. And that is a very good tip. I worked a ton of retail and I don't ever remember being told this, but if you suspect shoplifting to just, you know, let him casually know, like, by the way, I'm aware that you're in here, but I'm not going to say anything. Right. A friend of mine was a manager at Hot Topic for a long time. And I said one day, oh, Hot Topic, everybody's so friendly. Right when you walk in, they're like, hey, welcome in. Let us know if you can find anything. And they come up to you and they're like, hey, let us know if you need anything. And I was like, it has the best customer service. And she was <laughs> like, we have such a high rate of shoplifting mm-hmm. that that is part of our, like, the, she's like, we just go out and greet everybody. Like, hi, we're watching you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay then. <laughs> Smile, you're on camera. Smile. But yeah, the fact that the person like rolled up behind him and was like ready to strike like a cartoon. Jesus That's Christ. That's scary. Yeah. I think your partner maintaining his cool was uh, the key to getting out of that one. Yeah, not getting into like a fist fight with Mm -hmm. these folks. But honestly, renting a legitimately renting a storage unit and then using your access to the building, it's a short grift. It's not a bad one because you get access to the building, but you have to know you're going to get caught. There's cameras everywhere in those places. Especially when you're keeping 
said stolen goods <laughs> from the same storage facility in the storage unit you're renting from the same facility. I guess if you tried to get a storage unit somewhere else and then also a storage unit there just as a cover and then you steal items and you take them to the other place, you'd have to have like a U-Haul. There'd be too much. They were just lazy. I don't think. This That's is a- true. I mean... You just pick a lot, grab some stuff, walk it on over to your unit. Yeah, all you need is a dolly or a wagon. But um, I'm interested, Allie, if you ever do want to send any more idiosyncrasies, because this was very fascinating. Yes, uh, these types of stories. And we hadn't had something like this. So I like when we get stories that it's a brand new thing that we haven't really talked about. So any more weird stories, keep them coming, Allie. And thank you for sending this one in. Sinisterhood will be right back. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, this next one is from Jamie. This is also one that we haven't really had before. And the subject line is, when your timelines glitch and twist. I want to start by saying thank you both for all that you do. Your caring about victims and your dedication to research does not go unnoticed. I'm a longtime Patreon supporter and continue to be blown away by all the extra content and love you so consistently shower on your patrons. And an extra thank you for joining Cameo. My birthday video was perfection. I wish I could reciprocate with the Bigfoot sighting, but alas, this is not what this tale is about. I often get the, don't I know you from somewhere? Or have we met before? Comments when out in the world. And I always have. I brush it off as having one of those faces, but it does seem excessive. I never really thought too much about it beyond, Ugh, here we go again, until the day that my husband and I can only describe is when our timelines got twisted. One night we went to a restaurant we occasionally go to. Think once every three or four months. The hostess gave us a huge smile and said, So good to see you again, when she sat us. We just thought she was friendly. Then our waiter came over and said, You're back so soon. We said, Well, it's been a few months, but yeah, we're back. He looked really confused and started laughing. He said, Today seems long, but I wouldn't call last night a few months ago. He then said, what are we drinking? Followed by our two drinks that we hadn't ordered or said yet, but he was right. When he walked away to get our drinks, my husband and I looked at each other with what the fuck written all over our faces. I said, we were home having spaghetti last night, right? And he said, of course we were. The waiter came back with our drinks, said an out of nowhere comment, and you could tell he was waiting for us to react. We just looked at him and he said, from last night, remember? We said nicely, but emphatically, my dude, I promise you we weren't here last night. Next thing we know, he's given our table to another server and keeps giving us weird looks the entire night as he walks by. He also went to the hostess stand and they talked and looked at us repeatedly. As our new server leaves with our credit card after dinner, the original server goes up to her and looks at it. He then gives us a pointed and dirty look. At this point, I have no idea what's happening, but it feels like it's going beyond us getting punked or mistaken for someone else. As we're leaving, I hear him at the hostess stand, saying loudly for us to overhear, Yeah, and it's even the same name on the credit cards. I don't know what the hell their problem is. We have a very rare last name, so even though my husband is a Mike, there are not many, if any, other people with our last name, especially in our area. There was no other charge on our card, 
You can bet I looked because I thought maybe we'd both had a joint hallucination about spaghetti at home. So we most definitely had not been there the night before, regardless of what the server and the hostess thought. I can only hope they didn't take it out on the other Mike and Jamie when it got untangled and they went back to that timeline. At least I know we're a ton of fun in both timelines and that we ended up where we're supposed to be. But it was easily one of the weirdest nights of our life. This was about six years ago. The restaurant has since closed, but every time I drive by it, I give a silent shout out to my other timeline. Keep it creepy, but in your own matrix. Holy shit. (laughs) I thought you'd like this one. Well, especially because I've recently found people on TikTok who talk about their, they believe that by performing certain ritualistic acts that you can switch timelines and that you know, if things aren't going very well for you, that you can essentially be like, all right, when I wake up tomorrow, it's going to be totally different. And this one woman who's done it, maybe it's it's the internet, right? I don't fucking know who this lady is. But talks about like, you have to be ready to live that other la- timeline behind and understand that it's still going to be your family, but they might have different memories. And there may be Ugh. different things that you're going to just have to accept, like, remember when we went to SeaWorld and your kids are like, we never went to SeaWorld and you go and check the family album and you actually went to Six Flags, but you remember that you went to SeaWorld? Yeah, in that other timeline, you went to Six Flags. Here, you went, you know, like, vice versa. Like, you... What are the rituals? It's like, I can't, I'll try to find it on TikTok again. I'm sure I probably saved it because it was so wild. But you say a certain thing. She's like, you say a certain thing so many times the night before and, like, drink a glass of water. I've seen it. I've seen this. I think it's something... I am going to be in the timeline I need to be when I wake up or something like that. Yeah, I've seen some, one that's similar to that. Yeah, it's something like that. Exactly along those lines. But my question was always what we're going through here is like, if your consciousness then gets to switch into some other string on the multiverse, then and you're, then what happens to the one that gets left behind? Or what happens to the one that you swap with? And it sounds like Jamie may have got swapped on. And she's like, the fuck, man? I thought we had spaghetti. And some <laughs> other Jamie tried to hop timelines. You're going to have to fight. When you run into other Jamie, y'all are either going to have to come together about it or uh, you're going to have to fight to the death. But the bad one is the one with the goatee. That's how you know. I learned from South Park <laughs> that your evil twin from an alternate dimension is the one with the goatee. But yeah, it's like wild. When What do you think is happening here? You're our, you're our debunker. Or you, you, Occam's razor. I, I don't really understand. I can't grasp the concept of multiple timelines. I'm not saying I don't believe in them. I just can't wrap my head around it because it is such... A vast thing to try and understand. So I I need to do more research about multiverse and different timelines and how it would even be possible mm-hmm. for something like this. I don't know. I don't have an explanation. Deja vu. But they were the waiter was and hostess were just wrong. They got their days mixed up, but it seemed like they were pretty adamant that they had just seen them. Well, and especially if they knew the drink order and also had like inside Mm -hmm. jokes from the night before and knew the last name, if it's a weird, funky last name. That's so eerie, though. Man, I'm sad that I wonder if in the other timeline, the restaurant's still open. (gasps) Jamie, you got to do the ritual. Go to that other timeline and then be like, see, I told you I'm from the other timeline. Let's all be cool now. Everybody just be cool. I'm going home to eat spaghetti with Mike. (laughs) Leave me alone. Yeah, I don't know if I want... It's like the crazy part, too, is like, what if you do that? And I guess the idea in the TikTok from the woman I heard, which sounds like such a dumbass sentence. (laughs) When you were reading the news, the weekly world news, (laughs) you came upon this article. Yeah, the things I've said before, I'm like, I read in the news today. All right, it was a tweet. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I read a tweet. But the she was saying that if you do that and you jump a timeline and things aren't good, then you just do the ritual again. And I guess you just like keep hopping until you find where you're supposed to be. If I did the ritual tonight and then in the morning I wake up in a different timeline, where where's past me? I think that it's this is already existing and your consciousness is hopping to another plane of existence. That's all. What I was telling you when I tried, we tried to watch that video. And uh, was it? I demanded it be turned off because <laughs> like, it was blowing my mind too much. <laughs> you're just like, I can't hear any more of this. I can't hear any more about how times already happened, but never has. Yeah. How is that? And the it's, physicists are like, well, much. Albert Einstein. We're like, no, shut it down. But I think because of that, the idea is that it's linear and it's already existing. So 
you, this will still continue on, but your consciousness is going to end somewhere else, be well, somewhere else. Well, then how does my consciousness in the other timeline, how does that Christy still like operate and walk around and do stuff? Like I said, it's it's like a, it's already happened. And so you're just hopping into another one that's already happened. And it's just I'm, See, I've, I'm lost. I'm, I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling I consider myself a fairly intelligent person, but this is one thing that I just cannot understand. And again, I'm not saying that that means that it's wrong. I'm just not smart enough to figure it all out. I got to have it explained to me in like, I need a diagram and I need it explained like I'm five. Well, I would, as you say, I disagree. I don't think that you're not smart enough to figure it out. I think that we haven't found a precise and clear enough explanation for you to explore the concept that I th- it's hard for me to grasp just vast concepts. I kind of need to like see it all mapped out and be able to understand it visually. So when it's just a concept I have to imagine, it's harder for me. Yeah. It's, I think you, you, intangible is more difficult than mm-hmm. to understand. My friend who is an, an investment advisor and like a mathematical genius talked about when he was a kid, when the teacher would be like, all right, we're going to talk about apples, two apples, take away one apple. How many apples are left? And he's like, where did the other apple go? And the teacher was like, that was not my question. He's like, but where is it? And she's like, we took it away. He's like, did someone eat it? Where is it? And she was like, just take one away. He's like, who's got the second apple? This is Ella. God damn, that's Ella. <laughs> well, maybe someday she'll be a genius hedge fund manager like my friend because yeah, it's maybe. like, he, and, and it was for him, it was like, oh, well, I see it better when it's like numbers and you're not giving me like apples to take away. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Apples were too elementary for a little baby <laughs> version of you. But She's going to be a hedge fund manager or a cryptozoologist. I feel like those are the two uh, paths for her. What if she's a crypto cryptid zoologist? Ooh, she, cryptocurrency for cryptids. Yes. She cra- captures the cryptids and then turns them into NFTs and then they're priceless <laughs> and valuable forever. Oh, well, Godspeed. I hope she, in that timeline that's, I guess, already existing. I hope she's doing great. <laughs> she's doing great. The cryptid crypto good, good, good. <laughs> zoologist. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jamie, for blowing our minds with that one. Sinister Hood will be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Well, this next one is from Christy. Christy with a K and a Y. The subject line is, I accidentally cleaned a crime scene. This story takes place in 2007 or 2008 when I was still in high school. It's both true crime and a little bit spooky. I lived in a small city in northern Canada that was made somewhat famous by the show Ice Road Truckers. Being the broke student that I was, I had multiple part-time jobs to make money. Hair dye isn't cheap. My then-boyfriend, now husband's family, owns a few properties and businesses, and they would pay me good money to clean up the offices on a regular basis. One week, I'm told there was a leak at a house downtown, and I was asked to go clean it up. This house was a creepy, single-family house that was turned into an office for a business upstairs and had a one-bedroom rental suite downstairs. I arrived to find out that the downstairs had been leaking and there was water and some mold in the basement in the unoccupied suite downstairs. I go to the worst part and start cleaning up, mopping puddles of water and tidying up. I then proceed to the small suite. Immediately, when I entered, I felt off and felt a weird energy. But, being young and broke, I started to clean up the floor. I noticed that the small apartment, maybe 400 square feet, was coated in a thick layer of dust, but there were things all over the place. 
cutlery and dinnerware on the counters, magazines on the small table, a dirty coffee mug in the sink. And on the bed was an old brown suitcase covered in a thick layer of dirt. Clothes were tossed haphazardly into the bag, and the dresser drawers were open. It looked like someone had suddenly and unexpectedly left and hadn't returned for a long time. When I finished my job, I talked to my boyfriend and asked what was up with that apartment. He told me that the previous tenant had been murdered, and it hadn't been rented since. The story goes that the man who rented the apartment was from out of town and was part of the drug trade. An important note is that, at the time, the city's drug trade was typically run by one gang at a time from down south, but there were occasional conflicts. Anyway, one night, two men from an opposing drug gang came to the house and beat him in the apartment. He was dragged to the garage and murdered. Later, they tried to burn the body at the nearby river and were immediately caught. Both men were convicted of the crime. After the police did their investigation, the apartment was shut and never rented again. The energy in that space was suffocating, and I truly believe I felt something there I cannot explain. I had to go down a couple more times to other areas of the basement, which felt fine. It was only when I went into the room where it happened and the victim's belongings were left that it felt this way. I don't know if his spirit remained in the space or if it was just the energy from the awful events that took place there, but it was truly unnerving. The house and garage have since been torn down, and I think that's probably for the better. Thanks for all you do. I'm a psychologist and love listening to the podcast on my long drive home. P.S. Please come to Western Canada. That's, uh, you gotta give somebody a heads up when you're going in to clean up something like that. Even if, you know, you you hear crime scene, you think, oh, there's gonna be, you know, gore everywhere. Not necessarily, but I still feel like you gotta get a heads up when you're walking into a space like that. Yeah, even if you don't really believe in any of that, you don't believe in energy or spirits or whatever, I think... For anybody, especially a young person that's being sent there by themselves into the depths yeah. of the basement, like you might encounter something disturbing, and that is a untouched snapshot of what this person's life was like in their final moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, here's a broom. Good luck. <laughs> Can yeah, you give me an it's, idea? It is, it's really sad to think that all of those things were were his last moments. Like when you see video or footage of like Chernobyl and stuff, how people just. It was like, you're just living your life and boom, everything stops. So it looks as if somebody was just like abducted right from the spot. Mm-hmm. It's eerie, that frozen moment in time. I can't recall mm-hmm. what I was watching. It was, it might've been on the History Channel, but it was some, it might've been something we researched for last year's tour anyway, but it was a closed off room in a house. And when they opened it up, it was everything in the room was, it hadn't been touched since like 1929. And it was down to like, Papers on the desk. There was wow. fuzz. I can't remember what that was about. But anyhow, stuff like that's always very eerie. Almost like a, you know, it's like not a museum because a museum has been curated and placed there. It's like a moment in time. Mm-hmm. And I think that might be that energy feeling that you have is that if you are taken, you know, uh, abruptly, you know, murdered where you didn't expect it, that part of your energy may be like, oh, wait, no, I was in the middle of something. You know, I was mm-hmm. packing my bag. I was whatever. And so it might not be fully his spirit there but i would venture a guess especially given what you felt christy that some energy remained in that room that heavy Mm -hmm. and museums it's a place where a lot of people go this is a person's private home so when you come upon or like that hidden room a place that others that didn't live there didn't intend for you to see you kind of feel uh, like, you know, a, a voyeur in a, in a wrong way. Like you shouldn't yeah. be there. Like you're intruding on someone's personal life. Yeah. And I've had friends who ha- were in similar situations where they worked as probate attorneys or they were settling people's estates and had to go into different ha- homes of people who had passed away. And you really, and it sounds like, you know, Christy's like, I did what I needed to do and leave, but it takes a sense of reverence really for the place that you're in. And like, I feel like telling the energy of like, I'm here to clean. I'm not, you know, I'm sorry for what happened to you. And that skeptical people in my life, you know, practicing attorneys and stuff have had experiences of like feeling a heaviness or a sadness. And then they're told later by family members, Oh, this is the room where this happened Mm -hmm. or this, this event happened here or whatever. So I do think that places take on an emotion 
that energy can't be destroyed that's right and that energy is hanging around but Mm -hmm. that is a a brave thing to go and clean that especially when you did not know what you were walking into that's a brave thing just kind of in in general especially when you're young and by yourself to to go to places you know who knows what was going on there before so good for you i'm glad that nothing Nothing other than negative energy happened. Yeah, just negative energy and a little bit of sadness for sure. Well, thank you, Christy, with a K and a Y. Sinisterhood, we'll be right back. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This next one is from Colt and his subject line is sliding doors moment with nightclub shooting. Hey guys, love the show, loved seeing you in Tampa, and hoping you come back to Florida soon. Let's get into it. When I was a sophomore at the University of Central Florida in Orlando, I had historically only ever gone to straight clubs since I was the only gay person in my group of friends, making me the default designated driver since I couldn't legally drink and I wasn't on the prowl for potential hookups. Eventually, my friends felt bad about always excluding me from their sexual escapades and offered to go to a gay club instead one summer night in 2016. It was legitimately the best time I've ever had at a club, for good reason. The music was relevant, the vibes were welcoming and non-judgmental, and the male dancers were extremely sexy. I didn't go home with anyone, but I did flirt and dance like I had never felt comfortable doing before. I was amazed that I had been spending my whole life in heterosexual spaces when there were places created and maintained just for me. The high of actually enjoying myself somewhere like a nightclub was exhilarating and I was desperate for more. The very next weekend, I was hanging out with another group of friends, with some visiting from out of town, and spitballing ideas for going out that night. Since this time I wasn't the only queer person in the group, we ultimately decided on a gay club, but not the one I had gone to the previous weekend. We drove downtown to our suggested spot, only to find out that the club was 21 and up and we couldn't get in. Since the other gay club I had gone to the previous weekend was down the road, I suggested we go there instead. We got back in the car, but somehow decided to just give it up and go back to the apartment just drink and party privately instead of moving on. I will never regret that decision for the rest of my life. The next morning, I woke up to a text from my mom. All it said was, I love you which was weird. I was affectionate with my parents, but this seemed extremely random and out of place. Soon, when I logged onto social media for the day, I realized why. The gay nightclub that I had such a great time at just a week prior was called Pulse Nightclub. I'm sure it goes without saying that a terrorist took 49 lives away from us on June 12th, 2016 the deadliest incident in the history of violence against LGBTQ plus people in the United States. My heart is heavy knowing that I was almost there that night, that I could have been injured or killed or otherwise psychologically traumatized. So soon had I found a safe place for people like me, and so soon had it been taken away by hate. I didn't come out to my parents until last year, so my mom never should have expected that I was at a gay club. But I believe her I love you text was a test after seeing the tragedy on the news, checking to see if I would respond. I will be forever thankful that my friends and I were able to respond to our loved ones that morning and forever changed by the impact of losing 49 siblings who left this earth way too soon. Thanks for reading. Well, we all remember this tragedy. I remember 
also just turn it, getting on social media and turning on the TV and just being blown away. And I am not queer and it still is devastating, but to be a part of that community and feel like, like Colt said, he just found a place that he felt safe and that he could be himself in a way that he never had previously been able to. And then a week later, it's all taken away. Yeah. And marred and, and purposefully to, you know, it wasn't yes. like they were just looking for a club and they happened to pick that club. No. And I think that's all, obviously we have a huge mass shooting problem in the United States situations like this where you see it's specifically targeted at a place that was otherwise safe and it you see why a place like this is necessary where you can feel Mm -hmm. yourself where you don't have to feel like you're being judged even if you you know you think oh i'm in a relatively liberal town i'm sure you never know you just never know if someone's has ill intentions looking at you or whatever and so i think these sanctums are so important for marginalized groups that otherwise don't have a place where you feel like i can i feel free i can do anything here and the idea that now especially given that this was not the last lgbtqia like plus nightclub shooting you know we have the one in colorado just recently that it's now not just those specific clubs but it's you hope that it doesn't have a chilling effect on every club that you say well i can't go to a club anymore because what Mm -hmm. if this happens to me and i think that's one of the insidious aftermaths that come from these not just the personal ptsd not just the lives lost not just but on top of that you now have the damage to the sanctity of the space that's otherwise something that's a beautiful thing well it's like what we talked about in several of the past episodes where sadly multiple listeners have written in with their experience with the mass shooting or a terrorist attack and how you don't realize the trickle down effect it has but it it's yeah i mean there are people that survived that that probably will never go to a nightclub again mm-hmm. for the rest of their lives because it was it's just too traumatic so and then there are people that maybe weren't there but also still have that fear yeah it's it's insidious it's a huge problem like you said somebody something was looking out for you and your friends that night cole and i'm sure glad that they were and Moms know. Yeah. So it may not have been a test necessarily, but a way to say, you don't have to tell me that you're hurting because I already know. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's you're literally a part of her. I mean, you're literally connected to her, a part of oh, her yeah. molecularly. So she she felt it. I mean, I'm sure she, you know, probably just had that that instinct, right? Of like, it could be my son. You don't know. It could have been yeah. anybody. Even though you hadn't come out to your parents, you know, I have a lot of friends that once they come out, their parents say, we, we've known for a long time. You know, it was up to you to tell us. But so I think this was her way of saying, like, I know that you've never said anything to us, but you're I know that you're probably hurting right now. And so I'm I'm letting you know how. That I love you. Yeah, I'm reaching out to connect. And mm-hmm. it's, I'm, I, I don't know, you said you, you're still in Tampa, you're still in Florida. I'm sorry that not only Florida, but many Southern states show a great disdain for LGBTQ plus people and are passing insidious, horrible laws. And I think shootings like this, people feel emboldened and empowered when groups are othered, when LGBTQ people are yeah. othered, when, and to say, oh, well, it's them, so I can annihilate them and i think that rhetoric that our politicians have and lawmakers have and and what they use empowers i think it empowers people to do things like this and uh we've we like you said i'm not queer neither am i right like we're all a little i mean come on but that's my opinion it's a little queer it's a spectrum i i I got a lot of opinions about spectrums yeah it's spectrum i think we're all on all of them to a degree yeah we've how can we not be exactly i don't think it's like an on and off switch but to the extent that i don't i'm not persecuted marginalized for the person i love except for some miscegenation laws that might get over you know whatever but when you're not part of that group i think it's even more important that you bear witness to their tragedy Mm -hmm. that you listen to their stories and that you don't go oh it shot up a gay club i'm not gay it's fine it doesn't matter but to go oh uh a 
space that was a sanctuary for people was destroyed. I don't care if it's an LGBTQ sanctuary, a Sikh sanctuary, a Jewish synagogue. It, it matters. It matters. A school. A school. An elementary school. A onion festival. It matters. I mean. Country music a festival. movie theater. I mean, it. what's really just keeps me up at night is that there's not really any place it hasn't happened. Yeah. So, therefore, you do find yourself, like, especially in the aftermath of when one occurs, that you're like, I don't feel comfortable going anywhere right now. But if we live our lives like that, then, I mean, you know, the whole trope is the terrorist of one. But I don't. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, if, if you live in a constant state of fear, I mean, I get it. But also the way we can maybe get around that is if, uh, I don't know, our politicians gave a shit and we got some stricter gun laws and all sorts of stuff going on. So kids couldn't go into a school or somebody couldn't go into a nightclub with an assault rifle and take out 49 people. Agreed. Yeah. And as soon as we say all this moon stuff's really gotten reiterated my feeling of like, we're all one. Like when a Mm -hmm. problem happens to another group, if you're not a member of that group, yes, you are. It matters. You're in that group because somebody else is in that group and they're you too. We're all one. And so all came from the same stuff. We're all just shit made up. Our, our combinations are different. Yeah. It's all just stardust. Yeah. If you take, I liken it to the Taco Bell menu. There are five ingredients that Taco Bell has, <laughs> and there's a thousand things on their menu. So you can make a thousand different combinations out of just five things. And now extrapolate that into, what do we have, six billion people on the planet? Seven more. I Seven. Don't know. Oh, we've gained a billion for us. <laughs> That's a guess. That's a wild guess. I guess. I, mean, I guess it depends on which timeline you're in, if you're happy about that or not. You're right. But yeah, we all came from... the. Stuff the planet's made out of. We're all the same shit, just organized in different ways. So try and look at someone as a relative. Yeah. You know, I mean, not just like a stranger that you you could care less about. But when we start looking at other people and see like ourselves in them or our daughters or spouses or sons or whatever in them, then we can be a little more compassionate. And that's the key to everything i think love and compassion my new challenge to myself is deciding that i've got something in common with everybody and i can figure mm-hmm. out what that is and i got to i'll figure it out um and i i agree the number one thing that we can all just remember is we're nothing more than menu items on the cosmic taco <laughs> bell menu in the sky <laughs> so you can you can choose what you want to be to an extent are you trying to be a mexican pizza are you trying to be just a bean burrito? Do you just want to be a cheese quesadilla? Whatever you want to be. Trying to get that fire sauce. Hey. Hey. I'm I mean, do whatever. But we're all just on the Taco Bell menu. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think it it is. We're all different combinations of the same thing. So all that mm-hmm. to say, I urge everybody when you see things like this is to Take a minute, bear witness to the emotion, the grief, and let it fire you up. Whatever yeah. whatever your superpower is, if you're a helper and you're like, you know what, I'm going to make bags to help people, or I'm going to lobby, I'm going to call my politicians. We all have a superpower. Figure out what your superpower is, and don't let the tears that you cry from stories like this be in vain. I mean, cry to cry mm-hmm. because it's a tragic thing that happened, but also let that motivate us to work together because I think there's more of us like you said the terrorists win there's more of us that care and love than there are people that do harm so let's do that let's figure it out solved it all there it is (laughs) there it is I mean majority wins that's just schoolyard rules so if there's more good than bad we win we've already won let's just say we've already won and then we just act like that and then shit starts getting done exactly shit will get done but we do appreciate Colt for sending that in and oh, yes. very uh very glad that like Christy said some something was looking out for y'all mm-hmm. that night and we hope to come back and see y'all in Florida sometime soon. Yes, for sure. Sinister Hood will be right back. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back 
and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Well, this last one is from Ash. And content warning, there are mentions of suicide. The subject line is, what happens when we turn a blind eye? I'm writing this with a weight of sadness and cold numbness. I'm a little behind in episodes, thanks midterms, but the Freaky Friday I'm listening to right now has triggered a story I feel I should share. Just over 10 years ago, my older brother made the decision to take his own life. What I want to share with you are the events that led up to this eventuality. My brother, we'll call him Dean, had no problems attracting the attention of girls. He was handsome, charming, funny, and had a beautiful voice he would use to serenade those whose attentions he was hoping to catch. He was also a horrible womanizer, lazy, and a bit misogynistic. He dated a lot, got married and divorced a few times, and had been the subject of a restraining order for one of his former exes, and another had him arrested after he threatened her and a male friend, possibly a new boyfriend, with a knife. After a little bit, Dean attracted the attention of a young woman, we'll call her Lily. They met in some chat room, and he once again was in love. Lily was smart, pretty, very naive, and a little over a decade younger than Dean. She was in college, not a child. I feel that clarification is necessary, as he was a shit person, but not a pedo. We made sure Lily knew of Dean's past behavior and relationships and suggested she get out, but she stayed. They got married and had a couple of children. The problem was, Dean had slipped into old habits, forcing Lily to make changes. She dropped out of college to work full-time to support him. They spent most nights at a bar. She changed the way she dressed and behaved to try to make him happy. He only made changes for the worse, belittling her, punching walls, yelling, cursing, spending most of his days drunk, and full-on mentally abusing her. As far as I know, the abuse was only mental. Eventually, after almost five years of marriage, Lily had enough. She packed up her children in the middle of the night, and she left. Divorce papers were served, and an appointment was set up for custody agreements and all that stuff. It was messy. Let's fast forward just a little bit. Lily had moved hours away to be closer to her family and was driving down so that Dean could see the kids for the weekend. Dean calls Lily. After that, she turns her car around and heads back home. The next day, a poor hotel maid finds Dean, deceased, in the room she was supposed to clean. The police come, and after a short investigation, rule it a suicide. His effects get handed over to us, and that's when the true horror of it all comes crashing down. Dean had kept a journal. In this journal, he had detailed his plans to murder Lily before she had a chance to leave him again. He also wrote about his indecisiveness when it came to what should happen to his children. Should they die? Be raised by Lily's family? He just didn't know. Apparently, the phone call that had caused Lily to turn the car around was Dean drunkenly telling her that she had to come back to him or he would kill himself, and that he had a gun, that he loved her, and that they had to be together. Deep breath, guys. My family blamed Lily. I do not. Dean was not taught that his behavior was unacceptable. In fact, as a kid, when he got in a fight, boys will be boys. Caught smoking underage? Oh, he was just curious. Sexually harassed another student? Oh, he'll grow out of it. Got caught drunk with fireworks? Oh, the cops must have been profiling. A white kid in the early 90s seems unlikely, but whatever. Every offense was made with an excuse on his behalf. Even a short stint in prison wasn't really his fault. I'm trying to find a good way to end this, to sum up all my thoughts and feelings. I'm not sure there are any words, but I will say this. Dean was emotionally manipulative up until the very end. Lily came back, was devastated, guilt-ridden, but she had done nothing wrong. I hope she knows she's done nothing wrong. That's a really hard position to be in as a family member. And I think it says a lot about your character, Ash, that you're able to see that she didn't do anything wrong. And I know for a family, it's hard to admit that someone you love is doing a bunch of shitty stuff, but 
it's really horrifying to read the list of his escalations because yeah. we've had Freaky Fridays written in about, oh, a boy harassed me at school and everyone swept it under the rug and it was fine. And I applaud your vulnerability, Ash. And like Christy said, your character to uh, you know look at the situation objectively and say, this is what happens when we empower and embolden. And we're doing a disservice to people like that, to mm-hmm. somebody that would take advantage of others and just enabling and letting that happen. And, uh, you know, not just immediate family, it's everybody, it's friends, it's society, it's it's structural institutions, you know, if you get happen to get a hall pass because, you know, you're a wealthier, you're white or you're male mm-hmm. or whatever. I think you see the path that that could lead to. And this is, I won't say worst case scenario, because thankfully Lily had that flag up to to mm-hmm. go home so she could be with her children. And so, she, you know, the children weren't left either without both parents or it sounds like based on his journal, much worse. Yeah, that's chilling to find a journal with all of that. Just when you think it can't get any worse. I'm glad he called Lily and, you know, said those drunk things because otherwise she may have walked into something that she wasn't going to walk out of. But yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I don't think she could be blamed for anything. She was protecting herself and her kids. It's hard when you lose a family member, especially to suicide, to accept that you want to look to other excuses and reasons and that's everybody's own personal journey to finally come to terms with it but ash i think you've uh done a good job with being able to respect your brother and who he was and recognize all the good things that were you know characteristics of his but also not denying that he also had a lot of problems yeah. And and understanding that you're going to have a lifelong relationship with Lily through your nieces and nephews. That's true. And also recognizing that she, when they started dating, was at a strong disadvantage. She was young, in college still, you know, way, way younger than him, naive, maybe didn't have that the life experience to know, hey, these are red flags early on. And uh, in the mental abuse she went through, physical abuse, mental abuse, any financial, psychological, all of that, it's, they are all extremely harmful in different ways. And I hope she's able to, you know, find therapy, healing, something after that, because that's really hard to deal with that feeling of near miss of like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I'm, I'm grateful every day for the moments I have with my kids. Because not only was it almost taken away, I was almost taken away from them, we were all almost taken away. And it's, that'll be something for those, those kids to grapple with as well. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad they have you in their life. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Ash, for sending that in. And thank you to everyone that sent in your stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you've had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you, no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting this show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airwaves and Getting Into It tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus minisode, and patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. Patrons in our Getting Into It tier are also available to vote on a bonus content segment each month they would like to see live-streamed. And we also have a live stream this month, March 31st at 2 p.m. Central. We're going to be doing the bonus content live stream and voting is available now. What are the topics? I don't remember. (laughs) Neither do I. So you've got to go to Patreon to see what they are. But they're good. They're fun. I think one of them's the wheel. We might have an asshole. Oh, that might be it. Asshole wheel and Judge Christie. Yeah, I think that is it. And by asshole... I don't mean, am I the asshole? I mean, we're going to just turn the camera and we're going to spread them open. God. Cut that. It's a full moon energy tour. <laughs> Sorry. It's a full moon. In- it's not getting cut. That's staying. <laughs> <laughs>
You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. This month's is on the 29th at 8 p.m. Central. That's right. And for our patrons not in the U.S., you have the option of paying pounds or euros, saving you the cost of a conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership. For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool swag like mugs, t-shirts, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, or our brand new very sexy logo tee that's all new, visit SinisterHood.com, click on Shop in the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting sinisterhood.com slash playlist. And Heather, where can they easily go to leave a review? If you go to sinisterhood.com slash review, we got you on all the apps. If you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a couple of others are on there. Or if you're on your app right now, you can click the little button to go to our page. And there's a pretty big button that says review. If you throw us some stars, write a couple of nice words, we might I posted on our social media. Tommy's been curating some of the, the best, funniest, nicest reviews that we've gotten, and we'll start posting those. So if you want to write us a fun, wacky five-star review, you might see it <laughs> featured on our social media. So either use your podcast app or go to SinisterHead.com slash review. It is very helpful and much appreciated. For sure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SinisterHoodPod. Like us on Facebook at SinisterHood. You can also follow us on YouTube and TikTok at Sinisterhood Podcast. And for your own personalized video shout out, find us at Cameo.com slash SinisterHood where you can have us say, happy birthday, happy anniversary. You're fired. I love you. Sorry about crashing my car into your house the other night. I was, that was me. I did it. I crashed into my own house. Uh, so it's <laughs> for Paris. Did you really? No, I did Oh, mm, when I was driving a rental car in like October, I there was a it was a whole thing. The car was longer than my normal car. Oh, I need to order a cameo from you to tell Paris that the ding on the rental car was me. Does he not know? No, I think he. I think I told him. I was like, I don't know. They said there was a ding. It was probably me. Then in retrospect, a hundred percent, it was me because there's a dent in the ladder that's metal and directly in front of where oh. the car is parked. So a little CSI there. But if you need to make a long overdue apology to your spouse or <laughs> wish a greeting, cameo.com slash Sinisterhood. Christy, where are you at online? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and on Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? Oh, I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world. And I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy.